0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Listen, it has been a difficult month for a lot of us, hasn't it? And I am feeling it. I'm empathizing with you. I am praying for you. And I'm hoping that you've had a chance to listen to the other episodes this month because it is filled with encouragement, let me tell you. And today is no exception. We're gonna be talking about ways we can influence our culture with Gen Z Leader. Christian Donatio. Listen, we're going to talk about how to create a culture that is contagious and then carry that culture wherever we go. This quarantine is going to end. As, as you're listening, some of you are already going back to work. And so how do we become a culture carrier by working in excellence. Some of you sending questions on my Facebook page, thank you for that. Christian is going to answer those questions in just a minute. And if you've left a review on iTunes, be sure you stay tuned to the very end of today's episode to hear him read your review. So I'll introduce Christian in just a minute, but if you didn't get a chance to listen to the episodes this month, let me just let you know what you're missing so that you can go back. If you're now commuting and going back to work or getting ready in the morning, or if you're still at home, I'm telling you episode 10 10 Step Out of Your Comfort Zone with author Ray Comfort. Unbelievable interview about overcoming fear, which we all need at this time. Then episode 11 was turning battles into miracles with cancer survivor, Carol McLeod. It is so chock full of wisdom. And she talks about how when we go through a battle, we will get gifts out of that battle that we would have never otherwise had. And we need that right now with what we're dealing with. Then last week, the remarkable true story of a quadruple amputee, Cindy Wilkins. I was hanging on her every word in this interview, and she is encouraging us to move forward in supernatural strength. So as we move forward, we turn the corner, we go into this next phase of what life is going to look like for us. We need to do it in supernatural strength. Well, let me introduce you to Christian Donatio. He is a 20-year-old living in Miami. He's pursuing his degree in ministerial leadership. He's a part of VU Church, and he's involved in everything from creative design to marketing, graphics, styling, lighting, stage design, pretty much you name it. Under the leadership of Pastor Rich and Dawn Cherie Wilkerson at VU, he's had the opportunity not only to be mentored by them, but to work with Kanye West and the Sunday Service Collective. He was raised in the ministry, he's worked as a creative in a church in Toronto, Canada, traveled overseas to help build churches in Ghana, West Africa, and expanded his knowledge of history and the Bible by touring Israel. And last but not least, yep, he's my son. Well, welcome Christian, I am so glad you are here with me today.
1: I'm excited to be here.
0: He's actually live in the studio, normally my guests are wherever they live, but since he's home because of... COVID-19, my gift was to get him back from Miami. So I'm so glad you're here, Christian. Thank you so much. All right, so let's just get right to some of these questions today. People sent in some really great questions. They wanted to, to really ask you what it looks like to create a contagious culture, influence your Mm -hmm. culture, and carry that culture. So Grace said, what are some of the ways a young single woman, which I'm sure she is, but we could also say a young single guy, can bless her local church and help it to thrive? And I know you're super involved at VU, the local church where you are there. So what are some of your thoughts about that question?
1: I, I really think that's a great question, and I like how you said it doesn't have to be you know, a young woman. It can really be anybody, you know, old, young. Um, to help a church is definitely to be available. Um, in every space, you have to be available. Um, that's from anywhere from picking up trash to restocking the bathrooms to helping the space look better to cleaning it up to maybe wrap some cords to, you know, if you want to, they give you the opportunity to do the announcements, to speak on, on the stage. Anywhere that the church needs you from kids to any ministry to just be present, be available. And I would also say to, to help it thrive is not only be available, but celebrate constantly. Mm. Um, constantly celebrate every space that you're in um, when you're around other people in the church. It's just it's not the time to be negative at all. Um, that can happen. You know, constructive criticism can happen behind closed doors in spaces where it's going to be constructive and it's never constructive to do it while you're actually doing anything in the church present time so mm. constantly celebrate hey you know i can't you know i can't believe that i get to be picking up the trash with you know some of my favorite people celebrate them hey you guys are doing great so constantly celebrating constantly being available making yourself available and celebrating is a way to make any church and any space for that matter thrive
0: Man, that's so good, Christian. How did you get so wise? You must have had (laughs) the best mom on the planet. That's so great. So you might be thinking, "Well, I don't have the gift of speaking, or I'm not a worship leader." And and I think sometimes we minimize our gifts. But what Christian is encouraging us? Listen, just ask your local pastor or a staff member, "What can I do to be of service at this church? You know, how can I make myself available?" I can tell you, having been in the ministry and a pastor's wife for 25 years. No one's going to turn you down on that question. You know, can I stay after? Can I put offering envelopes in the back of the chairs? I mean, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. And there's a lot of biblical examples in the New Testament. I was thinking of Stephen, you know, he was waiting tables, Christian. And then when they were looking for people to kind of be promoted to the next level of ministry in that area in the early church they said go find people who are serving who are filled with the spirit right so they went and looked for people who were already making themselves available so that's that is such great insight well janeth wants to know what are attributes that you recognize in other people from different generations like what am i what is my generation Um, i'm i'm 50 i don't know i I don't know
1: what your generation would be necessarily i'm not a
0: boomer Oh, no,
1: you're not a boomer. That's the baby boomer.
0: <laughs> I'm not that old um but but like the main point that she wants to know is whatever generation they're from, what do you recognize that signals to you that they are atmosphere changers?
1: I think that, like I said in the last you know the last question, there is it doesn't really matter the age when it comes to culture uh that's a misconception. It is created by you. It doesn't matter if you're six years old. It doesn't matter if you're 15 years old. Uh, whatever the culture is, you create. So if it's stay fit, work out, you know, make your body and the best it could be because it's it's a temple to God. We're gonna work on that. We're gonna work out our bodies. We're gonna eat healthy because it's a gift. It's a privilege that we have. That's good. Uh, it's our temple, so we're gonna make sure that it's it's in pristine condition. Um, we want to celebrate constantly, like I said. We want to always be available. We want to be. We want to be people that are whatever space that we're in are are looked at as, as a leader. And how do you do that? It's it's showing up. It's being the first one there and the last to leave. It's doing the things that people won't do because people look at that. Um, if you're not if you're sitting there in your and you're stacking chairs while everybody else is is out eating that's going to show you something that you're the one that are actually doing the the work that not a lot of people even think about doing. And then you're going to really appreciate people that do that work. Mm -hmm. When you when you're doing the stuff that sometimes you don't even think to do, it shows you a whole new perspective. And it's going to show you a whole different kind of leadership. And if you can't serve small, you can't lead big.
0: That's good. Say it again. Say it again for the people (laughs) in the
1: back. You can't serve small, you can't lead big. And that's that's just the facts you know sometimes we see these we see these leaders and we see these people that are you know maybe have a hundred thousand followers, millions of followers, massive churches, massive businesses and corporations that's just not how they start in that's just not that's just not reality. The reality is is that. Those people and those leaders work night and day tirelessly when other people don't. Mm. Um, That's going to show the difference. It doesn't, then again, it doesn't matter about your age then. It doesn't matter what generation you're from because if you're working, you know, as hard as you possibly can on whatever you want to do at 50 compared to when you're 15, it's going to have the same culture. And it's going to be a hard worth ethic, somebody that somebody wants to be around because they're making any area better. And if you're making yourself better, it's gonna want other people to better themselves. Mm. So if you're striving, hey, I'm gonna I'm reading the Bible every day, I'm doing this every day, I'm doing that every day, I'm serving here, I'm doing this, other people are gonna look at that and say, Wow, you know, I wanna do that, I wanna be a part of whatever he's a part of. What is that? You know, if you if you wanna sit there and, you know, watch TV for three hours that's fine. You're just not going to be a leader like as somebody who's bettering themselves for three hours. And that's just, you know, the hard truth of it, even though, you know, some people don't want to hear that. The time that we get is priceless because we only have it once. Mm. So, you know, use it as wise as possible, because we're not on this earth forever. It's not a permanent home. So while we're here, we're going to make sure that we can get the most people to Christ. And that's for sure not making ourselves not available. We want to be in any space available and ready to tackle whatever problems and be the answer to any solution we can be.
0: Man, that's so great. You know, I'm joking and I wish I could take the credit for his wisdom, but you know, what I've noticed about you, Christian, is an attribute that I see in an atmosphere changer is that they choose to posture themselves in a way that they can constantly be learning and growing. So yeah. like, if you've had Craig Rochelle come and speak, if you've had Chad Veach, if you'd had, I don't know who else, you've you've had a lot of people at VU that you've been able to be in their chapel services. And, and I see you like a sponge, just soaking up all of this stuff. And it's not just like, hey, I want to work with Kanye. I want to do these great things that God's given you opportunities to. I know you get up at the crack of dawn. You're setting up church at what time? What time do you have to be there?
1: 5.45. <laughs>
0: yeah. 5.45. And, you know, serving in all those capacities. So, um, I'll make sure that I put that quote as a key for, for these show notes, because that was so critical and, you know, attitude shifts atmosphere. So you can walk into an And I'm sure you've seen it, Christian, where you walk into a room and you can sense the atmosphere. Right. And so you have to be kind of taking the pulse of that atmosphere and thinking what needs to shift, what needs to change in this atmosphere and how can I be the agent of change And part of it is through action, like he's saying, and part of it is through attitude. So if you have the right attitude, you'll automatically then have the right action. And sometimes we have a lousy attitude, just start doing the right thing, right, Christian? And then the right attitude will follow that. So again, some great insights. Well, Kimberly asked a question that I thought was great too. As someone who carries the culture and core values of your church, like you do at VU, how do you keep those values in front of those that you lead who might be struggling to maintain the culture? I know in our own church here at River of Life in Virginia, um, my husband's a pastor, and we came up with ten core values, you know some have five even even secular businesses have core values, you know apple and yeah. whatever and um you know we were asked to to memorize those mm-hmm. We have them in our foyer we have them on our website and You know, I'm just curious how you feel like we can keep values in in front of people that might be struggling because the why determines the what. I think I've heard you say that. So speak to that for a couple minutes, Christian.
1: Sure. I think that it's hard to be with people that, you know, bring down the culture. But I would say no matter what, you know, check your circle. Mm. That's something that my pastor says a lot. Check your circle. It's like check your, your friends so if you have a bunch of friends, let's say your top five friends that are not carrying the culture, it's going to be really hard for you to be the front runner of that because you have a bunch of people weighing you down. Mm. Um, so I would definitely say, first of all, check your circle. Check who's the closest ones of your friends. Um, and if they're not really carrying a culture that you believe is excellent or or is, you know, by the church's standards, what the, what the core values are, then have a talk with them, but surround yourself with people that are, so you can be built up, um, you know, I, I never realized, you know, in the last two and a half years, how ignorant I was to so much, just because I just didn't know, so, like, now, it's, like, I could look back and say, dang, like, I can't even believe that I have so much knowledge now that I didn't have two years ago, um, or a month ago, and, you know, I don't even know where I'll be at in three years. And that's only due and all due to the people that I've surrounded myself with. Mm. Um, You know, that's businessmen and that's pastors. So it doesn't, it's not always people in the ministry. But creating a culture, you know, we have a leadership motto at VU um, that, you know, we say and our servant leaders say and our staff in college memorizes it. And it's, I am a leader I am a person of influence today. I choose to be a blessing with God's help. There's nothing I cannot do. Instead of being reactive, I will be proactive. I know the answer and I am the solution. Um, So those, you know, those are some of the things that we take to be a leader. And once you have those in your heart, it's just going to show within your actions. Um, So really look at Look at the people that, you, that you're that you around, and if they're not carrying the culture, you need to really pick up the steam and carry it, you know, you're just going to have a couple more weights on your back, but it's going to pay off, because those people will see that, and they will want and choose to be like that.
0: And you know, I'm sitting here next to him, and he did not have that motto in front of him. He rattled that thing off, because you've probably said it enough, right, Christian, that you know it by now. And um, it becomes ingrained in your way of doing life. I am a solution. Don't just look at the problem. Look at how you can be a part of that solution and change the culture, influence the culture. I remember when you were little Christian, one of your teachers said you were like the Pied Piper, yeah. which is an old fairy tale about, um, was it a frog? What was it? Pied I have Pied? no idea. Anyway, he played like Mr. the Tower flute. Said that. Yeah. Um, your principal saw that in you. And that's another great thing. You that are in, an older generation like me, you know, let's speak to the younger generation, the, the millennials or in Christian's case, Gen Z, and let's call out what we see in them that are amazing things. A, a principal said to him in elementary school, middle was it oh, middle school, middle school, you are a pied piper, Christian people follow you and they follow your example. So, you know, that we both still remember that. So you can speak instead of criticizing the next generation or bringing the next generation down or why it's different from you. We we kind of speak different languages in generations, but we can still speak life and call out the unique positive qualities we see in that generation. Christian, what what are your thoughts about that?
1: Um, I think like with the motto, like that what we say, you know, I did not create that motto. I wish I did, but I didn't. But you know, if you have, you know, any notes, like on your phone, or on your computer, or if you want to do pen and paper, like my mom would yeah. say, because you would re- retain the information <laughs> more. First, I would write down, I am a leader. That's, that's declaring and saying like, hey, that, that's what I am. And then, you know, the second line is I am a person of influence. Um, so those two things are huge. That's what you start off with. I am a leader. I am a person of influence. Next is today. I choose to be a blessing. Mm. So that's every day. That's every new day you're going to be a blessing. And with God's help, there's nothing I cannot do. Mm. So right there you have you know, you you're a leader, you're a person of influence. Why? Because you're going to be a blessing and you have God's help and with that you'll you know, there's nothing, no mountain that you can't conquer. Um so that's the first thing is I am a leader, I am a person of influence. Today I choose to be a blessing. With God's help, there's nothing I cannot do instead of being reactive. I will be proactive. Now, that's if you see something, if somebody's not carrying the culture, like that last question, or somebody's doing something, you're not going to sit there and yell at them. You're not going to, not, not saying that you're never going to make a mistake, but you're going to be proactive. You're not going to be reactive. You're going to see, okay, this is what happened. How am I going to make it better? And then that goes with the last line, which is, I know the answer. I am the solution. And really, what that means, it's like, Yo, yeah, well, if I see some cords in the corner, I'm like, "Ew, that looks ugly." Go do something about it. Don't just sit there and criticize everything if you're not going to help change it. Because then you're just part of the problem. Mm. You're the answer to the problem. You are the solution, no matter what it is. If you're at a church and you're like, "Man, th- th- this church always has, um, this church always has trash on the floor," then pick up the trash. Mm. This church always, you know, I never see a bulletin in in my chair. Okay, then go tell the pastor, hey. You know, every Sunday before church, can I put bulletins in the chair? And if you don't want to go do that, then you need to look at yourself and say, why? Mm. You need to be the person to say, hey, th- this is this is a problem that I see. Let me let me be the solution. And it could be as little as that or it could be like, hey, you, you might have a skill set. Like, oh, wow, I think the lighting can be better in the church. Let me go talk to them and say, hey, this is a skill set I have. Can I, can I try to help you? Can I see something? Mm. If you're a good speaker, hey, can... Can I, um, you know, can I lead a group in the church? Can I do something if you want to teach? You know, there's ways that you could be a solution and you could be the answer to a lot of problems. Mm. You just might not always believe that you can.
0: Mm. That's so good. And that's not just ministry. I mean, that's, if you're a teacher and you're, you know, a classroom, a lot of you are educating from home right now. And I, I know it's challenging. I, both of my sisters are educators. Or if you're a small business owner you know whatever it is a parent, you know stay-at-home mom or dad right now, you know, how can you be a solution to a situation? It's it's so easy to criticize and complain, especially people in leadership. You know, and and I can't imagine what some of our leaders are experiencing, the weight and the gravity of their decisions right now. So, you know, one solution we can all be is is to be praying, right, Christian? And to say, listen, I'm going to choose not to just run my mouth, but I am going to use my mouth to pray, to speak blessing, to try to come up with solutions and potential, you know, ways that I can improve what I see around me. That's, that's the basic bottom line is how can I improve and elevate, elevate the culture around me? Um, And Ruth asked this, how do you think the work ethic will change if they do with Generation Z compared to the millennials? And, you know, I asked that question earlier and you had a very interesting response to me so so tell us what you think about that
1: um what i said was i think that it's a very you know it's a misconception that millennials or gen z does not work especially doesn't work hard because that's not true there is so many i believe that uh there is more new self-made millionaires now in the younger generation than ever before and that's just because there's different platforms to make money that the older generation just doesn't really know that it's Mm. they're making money let's say youtube or uh instagram or even you know some gamers i remember i was in high school and this one kid actually went pro he was making like seventy five thousand dollars a tournament it's like there's there's you know and it doesn't always have to be the money but you know jobs are different now Mm. than ever it's this has been you know the the change of technology has shifted the world in some place that it's never been in the history of it. you know, And people could say that with any every, every generation, but it's really not true about the millennial generation or the Gen Z generation because we've never had technology like this. Mm. Uh, we've never had the capacity to do what we could do now. And this generation is capitalizing on it and the other generations just don't seem or sometimes they don't always fully understand really what the millennials and Gen Z are doing. So I understand what's like, yo. Like, what are these people are lazy they're on their phones all day. Sometimes, you know, you never know what they're doing on their phones. They could be, they could be doing so much work on that little phone of those that, you know, is even hard to to imagine. I'm not saying everybody does, but there is definitely millennials that are working night and day tirelessly, mm. um, just as much as every generation before them. So it's not really that they're not working; it's that they're working in other spaces and different. Different spaces.
0: Mm. That's really great. I was thinking about even your sister, Christian, is what, twenty-three. So that makes her a millennial. Yep. Right? So even though you're only a couple years apart, you're actually considered what I read is Gen Z starts in nineteen ninety-eight or nineteen ninety-nine and you were born in nineteen ninety nine. So that puts you as Gen Z over millennial, but she works in the entertainment business as a musical theater, but then she's also waitressing tables and she's doing side jobs and so yeah, I think it looks different than the typical nine to five job that maybe even my parents' generation, I think my generation started shifting that we saw the introduction of the internet. Can you believe when I was in high school, Christian, there was no internet, That's insane. no cell phones. So the introduction of technology did drastically change things. And, and listen, guys, we're never going back to what it was before. Even after this COVID-19 is over, the pandemic calms down. You know, I read a quote this week that said, When we return to normal, let's make let's re-evaluate and I'm I'm kind of misquoting a bit, but the gist of it is let's really think through what parts of normal are worth returning to. Yeah. Just because it's normal for you doesn't mean it's the most productive or the best culture you could create you know, so many of us are on social media more than normal right now. So let's be an agent of change and influence through social media. I try to be as encouraging through my social media channels as I possibly can. And, you know, Christian, you remind me a lot of, as I'm hearing you talk, I think about the book of Daniel and there are four leading men in the book of Daniel. There's Daniel himself, who was brought into Babylon, um, a foreign culture as a teenager, maybe 17, 16 years of age, um, at a time where the Jews were deported and brought as slaves, he was had, he had to learn a new culture, learn a new language. They changed his name, new way of eating. And then three, um, boys, maybe around his same age, Uh, their slave names were given Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so a lot of you may know the story that Daniel was thrown into the lion's den at one point after he'd been there in Babylon for many years. And the reason he was is because when an edict came down that said you could only worship the image of King Darius, The Bible says that he went on and continued to do what he'd always done, which literally within the verse after it says, and here's the edict, because they really wanted to trap Daniel. They saw he was an influencer. They saw he was a culture changer. He changed the culture of Nebuchadnezzar, right? He changed the culture of, of the king after that. He changed the culture everywhere he lived. God elevated him to prominent positions, kind of like Joseph, but instead of yielding to the culture and compromising and just kind of watering himself down to blend into the culture. He chose to change the culture around him and he was sought out because of that. So, you know, Darius admires him, but when he's caught praying, like he'd always done three times a day and they came and reported to the king, you know, Daniel's praying, he's not following this edict. Darius had no choice but to throw him in the lion's den, but he was so upset about it. it said he, he, he said, I'm, I'm, you know, pray to the God that you serve, that he will deliver you. And of course he did deliver Daniel yeah. and he served one more administration where it says they barely remembered even who he was. And that was Belshazzar when the handwriting came down on the wall and it was in a language that the king couldn't understand. So they went and s- someone said, listen, there's a man in the kingdom in whom the spirit of God dwells. That means he was remembered and recognized because he had been an influencer and a culture carrier, every single administration that he lived through. And they went and got him and he was able to read that interpretation on the wall. And he goes on the final book of Dan, the final chapters of Daniel are prophecies about the end times. And so, you know, a lot of people are questioning right now, are we in the end times? And, you know, we're supposed to be not only influencers, but recognizers of the times that we are living in. So Christian's speaking to, hey, listen, I live in a a generation and a day and a time where technology is at my fingertips as never before, so I'm going to use those methods to the best of my ability to influence a culture. So Christian, we have a kind of a a question that's way out in left field. I'm going to come to that in just a second, but speak to what I was saying about Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, same way when Nebuchadnezzar erects this giant statue of himself and says, you have to bow down. They refuse to do it, and they're also spared the fiery furnace. So these are examples of young men, just like Christian, that are that are culture carriers. So Christian, what are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I think that that was a great point. I wish I thought of it. Um, <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, those are sick dudes. I wish I was homies mm. with those guys because, you know, they were culture carriers in a spot where they were the only culture carriers, and it changed the entire mm. nation. That's good. You know what I mean? And Daniel. Um, and even when times like I love when it said when they were like you know you could throw us in this this fire but you know even if God doesn't save us mm-hmm. he's still God that means that they were going to be culture carriers even if even if it was the to their last breath they were gonna carry the culture of Jesus mm-hmm. even if he didn't save them yeah um, which he did but you know not everybody's story looks like that um, and even let's go to the disciples. You know their story didn't look like that. They were they were culture, cha- you know, carriers and changed the entire course of the world um, through the story and life of Jesus Christ. And you know they they were martyrs for their faith and they carried the culture until the end. Mm. And they will be rewarded in heaven, um, where the culture is constant worship and <laughs> dopeness. But um, the the thing that I was gonna say is like, yo, we're in this pandemic right now this covid-19 stuff but due to online presence we saw i know like for my church we had 167,000 people come and watch wow our church and and you know i was in staff meeting on monday and um really we were talking or i believe yeah staff meeting i think and we're talking about like life churches like church online presence and it's like a group collective of, of a bunch of churches And I believe it was over 10 million people tuned in to that platform, Um, and 169,000 people, I believe, gave their life to Christ. Wow! Now that's due to online presence. So you know, some of the older generation, like you said, the Boomers—that's not what they're called. So um, you got to change that narrative. But but um, some of the older generations that are like kind of against the internet—it's just not. It's not the the right mentality. It's not the right attitude. It's like, how are we going to then use this new platform to spread you know, the gospel? Look at it. We could have filled a football stadium just by the people that gave their hearts to the Lord on mm-hmm. Easter Sunday through that one form of online platforms of churches. Wow. So wow. it's like now we're in this pandemic and look at how much we could do. Look at the printing press. Look at how much the Bible has gotten into people's hands because of the printing press. Mm-hmm. Look at the Bible app then. Mm-hmm. So it's like the printing press we had the Bible that was given to so many people it was like, oh my goodness I could finally get a Bible I could read it for myself when it first came out, you know, that's kind of an unknown concept mm-hmm. Back then now it's like, okay. Yeah, you have a Bible. That's mm-hmm. good Now we have the Bible in our hands with the Bible app. It's the Bible I could highlight I could let it read to me I could remind hey reminder read this Bible I could do devotionals with my friends halfway across the world mm-hmm. I there is stuff that you could do now with the bible that you could have never done in the past ever it was impossible and now it's possible through culture creators through people young people and older generations that collaborate together to make you know groundbreaking world changing apps like the bible app we have millions upon millions of downloads of people that can have the bible in their pocket 24/7 365 no matter where you are in the world so mm. that you know there's there's just different it's just it's just a different era where the culture is maybe not the same as it used to be, but that does not make it bad. It's just different.
0: Yeah, that's so great. I was thinking as you said that Paul in one of his books says, "Listen, you know, I make myself all things to all people so that by whatever means I might win some to Christ." So, you know, it I think if Paul lived in today's age, he'd be like killing it in the social media game oh, yeah. and online because he knows that his is
1: fits
0: would be fresh. <laughs> Kirsten said his fits would be fresh. Kirsten's all into style. He's got great style. And and so the point is, you know, your presence changes the atmosphere, whether right now it has to be six feet apart or it's on social media or it's in your family, and your home. You know, what gr- greater place for influence to start than in your home? And, and some of us have unprecedented amount of time with our families. And for some people that can be really stressful, it's out of the norm and it's not what you're used to, but it could also be an unprecedented opportunity. So be looking for the opportunity disguised as an obstacle, because when you're going to be influencing a culture, you got to start. I have a friend that says, you know, there are no obstacles. There's only opportunities. And, you know, Dan is a man that I highly respect and he lives by that motto. So that instead of just crumbling under obstacles, it's where is the opportunity God is providing? So to go back to Daniel for a second, Christian, the last question, before we kind of close in a few minutes here is that Donna, who happens to know you personally asked this question and she knows that you are, are a studier of the end times. And I know a lot of people think maybe we're in the end times right now. We're not going to talk about that today. But I do want to ask this question in the books of Revelation, book of Revelation in chapter 16 and 19, they talk about the mark of the beast as a sign of the end of the times of those who identify those who worship the beast, kind of like, if you want to go back to Daniel, a a distinct sign that you are a worshiper of Nebuchadnezzar or a worshiper of Darius. And the beast, you know, is usually identified as the Antichrist, which if, if this is unfamiliar to you in the book of Revelation, it's unfamiliar It says in the book of Revelation, that there will come a world leader who will then be called the Antichrist. He will pretend to unite all of the Middle East in peace and then basically lead the world in peace only to turn all of that on a dime. And so they say that uh, Revelation says that there's going to be this kind of demand imposed on humanity that we have to take the mark or brand of the beast so christian what is your thought about that for a second and i i know this could be another half hour conversation so just quickly and i know you don't personally think that we are you know at at the end of the end times because there's a lot of things that still need to happen but any thoughts you want to give to that from from where i know it's kind of an interest of yours yeah it's definitely
1: <laughs> a loaded question <laughs> um uh you know the mark the, the man the monk of the beast uh uh, is the number six six six, and uh, in Revelations thirteen eighteen is where it says that uh, we see that you know that it's from the beast out of the sea in Revelations thirteen one. Mm. Um, we see the false prophet again in I believe nineteen twenty verse nineteen twenty, and they they really want you to worship you know the antichrist, which is Satan. There is so much into this question. <laughs> Um first we've been in the end times ever since Jesus resurrected. That's true. So um one day is a thousand years mm. is like a thousand years, time's not of a construct to God, so um that's been two days for him. So mm. it you know, we've had the black plague, we've had world, world wars, we've had mass, um just atrocities to the Jews. Mm-hmm. And it was not the end times. We see that Jesus said there's going to be sickness, there's going to be famine, there's going to be war. But I, you know, it's, that it doesn't mean that it's every worldwide pandemic or anything is not like, oh, this is the end. I think we're too quick to judge. Instead of saying, oh, this is the end and then acting like that, you say, oh, we're already in the end. Let me just be, again, that culture carrier. No matter what, if, if there's a pandemic, if there's not, you're still in the end times. So, You need to be the person to to lead as many people that you can to Christ. But what do I believe the mark of the beast will be? I believe, um, and most people would agree with me, that it's going to be something that is, you know, technological. You know, for years, ever since that was written, people believed that it was going to be like maybe a tattoo, or, you know, you you talk about... I really don't want to get into too much, or you talk about Leviticus with the cutting. Um, You know, that, that was that was done with pagans and different gods of the Egyptian empire and different stuff like that. And, you know, I could go on for this for, you know, you can, you could talk about the mark of the beast for literally a day. Anybody who says they could read revelation in a day, you can read the words, but you definitely cannot understand it. Mm, That's Uh, that's a year. That's a year long read. um, And a lifetime long study. (laughs) So um, we will not understand everything. uh, And that's okay. Because we don't need to. Um, You know what do I believe the mark of the beast is? I believe that could it be a chip? Sure. Could it be something that you know you have to have on you at all times? And it's it's you know it's a sign of that's your identification. That's how you have to buy stuff. That's how you have to do stuff. It could be a a coding encryption of six six six. Sure. It really doesn't matter in in my opinion because um, one I I i'm in no point to get that and i will never get that Mm. and if you're not gonna get it then i don't believe it's a worry to you of oh how i mean it's cool it's a cool topic oh what's it gonna be how can it be but i would just wouldn't focus on it too long i I would more focus on how can we get people not to get it Mm. if when if and when that time comes in my lifetime
0: Mm. and you know that speaks back to daniel guys just that um you know, if you want to study the end times, maybe it's fascinating to you right now. There's some great books out there, but, you know, um, Daniel, Revelation, and Ezekiel kind of have to be read in conjunction. Joel, um, as well as some other prophecies throughout the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament. But the point there is, you know, you don't worry so much about what Satan's going to do. Just be worrying about what Jesus wants us to do. You know, even bank tellers will tell you, if you want to to, to recognize a counterfeit bill, you don't study the counterfeit. You study the original and you study the original to the point where you would instantly recognize a counterfeit. So study the word of God and who Jesus really is. Know the signs of the times around, you know how to be an influencer and to, and to carry the culture of Jesus with excellence around you. And then whatever comes guys, famine, war, pestilence, disease, it, it, we're going to be strong because of who Jesus is yeah. in us. That's really the main thing. So um Christian, it has just been so insightful and people will probably say, bring him back, bring him back. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a part two another time. But, um, you know, I also invited people to to get on iTunes and leave the reviews. And so I just wanted to, be to kind of end today. I'm going to ask you to pray over our listeners in just a moment, Christian. And just pray that God would equip them to be um, strong in these troubled times and to be influencers and culture carriers. But would you just take a minute? Thank you guys for, for leaving your reviews on iTunes. It really means a difference, makes a difference. and means a lot to me. And if you haven't had a chance to do that, Take a minute, hop onto iTunes, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and then you can just leave a review of, of how the Make Life Matter podcast is, is you know Im- impacting your life. So Christian, we said we would read a few reviews of people that took the time to, to, to leave them. So can you just read a couple for us before I have you pray over us?
1: Yeah, so this one says, the title is so encouraging, Angela's podcast is so encouraging. In a time where circumstances try to steal your joy, she digs into and reminds us of the promises that God has for us and encourages us to live victoriously as daughters of the Most High. Mm. This next one, the title is powerful. Angela's testimony is one that you can continually hear and get something new out of each time. I am so excited about this podcast and what it will bring to so many around the world. I'm just blessed beyond measure just hearing the first one. This one says, I've I've just listened to the most recent podcast, and I want to say how much I've enjoyed it. Angela's interviews and Ray Comfort's message was powerful and thought-provoking. Really a great podcast.
0: Thank you, Christian. And guys, I really appreciate your reviews. Christian, I want to ask you to pray for us, but um, I know you're a voracious reader, and you, um, you know, you read a lot, you listen to a lot. If there is a couple of books that you would recommend to people, especially that are, that are realizing today that they want to be the leader God has called them to be, they want to be an influencer. What are a couple of books you recommend? And then after that, would you pray for us today?
1: Yeah, sure. This one book I read, it was called Fearless by Angela Banario. <laughs> Truly changed my life.
0: I didn't tell him to
1: say that. Um. <laughs> Uh, I gotta shout out my pastor's books, Sandcastle Kings and Friend of Sinners, two great books. Um on how to be you know, how to create culture. Just two phenomenal books. How to make friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Uh, you know, it's a it's a cult classic. It's a I don't know if you could use that for a book, but <laughs> it's definitely an amazing book to read if you haven't. Winners Eat Last is a phenomenal book. Um, there's so many but those are definitely Four that you know those are two Christian books Two secular books Just not primarily Christian focused That will help you be a leader In whatever circumstance you're in And you want me to pray for the yeah, podcast Yeah awesome Christian Yeah absolutely dear Lord thank you for this day Thank you for everything you've done for us And, and really thank you that we get you Know the technology as we were talking about Throughout this podcast to make podcast So people can listen to this all around the world And be inspired and and change and cultivate culture and be excellent because you're excellent. And God, I just pray that everybody listening to this will just go out and, and carry your name and carry your culture with them wherever they go and change spaces and become leaders and people of influence wherever they are. Um, we praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining our conversation. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at B O V and Instagram at AngelaDonatio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.